الحمد لله رب العالمين والعاقبة للمتقين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين أما بعد Honorable ulama, respected elders and brothers, mothers and sisters It says on 7.28 Central African time You are listening to Radio Islam International And we are coming to you live this evening From the West Street Masjid in Houghton And this is the second program that we are hosting in Houghton and our honor of guest is Sheikh Hassan Ali. Last night, alhamdulillah, we had a very successful program in Kurtuba, Linbro Park, and the topic was the final trumpet. This evening, inshallah, we'll be talking about a very important aspect, and that is developing khushu in salah. And this is the second program we are hosting tonight. Tomorrow night, inshallah, will be the final program for Gauteng in Lanasia at the Nurul Islam Masjid, and yes, there is ladies' facilities available there also. To start off this program, we'll call Maulana Yusuf Osman, who is the Imam of this Masjid, and it is only befitting that we start off the program with kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم سنة من قد أرسلنا قبلك من رسلنا ولا تجد لسنتنا تحويلا أقم الصلاة لدلوك الشمس إلى غسق الليل وقرآن الفجر إن قرآن الفجر كان مشهودا ومن الليل فتهجد به نافلة لك عسى أن يبعثك ربك مقاما محمودا وَقُلْ رَبِّ أَدْخِلْنِي مُدْخَلَ صِدْقٍ وَأَخْرِجْنِي مُخْرَجَ صِدْقٍ وَاجْعَلْ لِي وَاجْعَلْ لِي مِنْ لَدُنْكَ سُلْطَانًا نَصِيرًا وَقُلْ جَاءَ الْحَقِّ وزهق الباطل إن الباطل كان زهوقا وننزل من القرآن ما هو شفاء ورحمة للمؤمنين ولا يزيد الظالمين إلا خسارا وَإِذَا أَنْعَمْنَا عَلَى الْإِنسَانِ أَعْرَضَ وَنَآ بِجَانِبِهِ وَإِذَا مَسَّهُ الشَّرُّ كَانَ يَئُوسًا قُلْ كُلٌّ يَعْمَلُ عَلَى شَاكِلَتِهِ فَرَبَّ 
ربكم أعلم بمن هو أهدى سبيلا صدق الله العظيم ما شاء الله تبارك الله may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless Qari Saab and take him from strength to strength the topic today is developing khushu in salah a very important one a man came to Imam Abu Hanifa rahmatullahi and he said oh Imam some time ago I had buried my treasure and I just cannot seem to locate it help me give me some wazifa something that I can do to find my treasure are we talking about a period where there were no banks and people would store their money in the ground? So this man is telling Imam Abu Hanifa, you know, some time ago I did bury my treasure, but I just can't find it. Imam Abu Hanifa rahmatullahi replied, you know, I answer the queries of deen, the masail of fiqh. You are asking me a question which I can't answer. But anyways, I'll give you one suggestion. Go home and perform salah the entire night. So the man took the advice. He went home and he started performing salah. He says not even a quarter of the night passed and the thoughts started coming into my mind where the treasure was. And he said, I broke my salah and I went to the precise location and I started digging. And lo and behold, I found my money. He says, the next day I went to Imam Abu Hanifa rahmatullahi and I said to him, you know what, I found my treasure and not even a quarter of the night passed. Imam Abu Hanifa smiled and he said, I knew the devil was not going to leave you. He was not going to let you perform salah the entire night and it was not possible that he would let you concentrate in your salah throughout the night. And therefore he took your attention away and he started making you think where the money could be. So the, the, the message is, when we are standing in front of Rabbul Alameen, naturally the thoughts of dunya do cross our mind. But it is about combating those thoughts and trying our utmost best to come up with a salah that is presentable in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Last night, Shaykh Hassan spoke of a very important aspect, quantity versus quality. And we are all, alhamdulillah, performing salah the question is, what is the quality of our salah and where can we improve? And in that light, today's program has been set up, alhamdulillah. Our esteemed guest hails from the UK. Alhamdulillah, he has also a master's degree in psychology. And alhamdulillah, together with being a scholar, he has taught at the college level. He has, or he has lectured on many subjects, including Islamic subjects. And he has served as an imam at the, at the London Islamic Cultural Society. And alhamdulillah, currently he is spearheading a madrasa or academy named Safar Academy where 800 plus students are studying, alhamdulillah. So despite the, the, the hectic schedule and the busy schedule, he has availed himself for a few days to visit South Africa. And alhamdulillah, this is his second program in our country. We'd like to call upon our... Uh, esteemed guest Sheikh Hassan Ali to grace this occasion and to render his beautiful advices to the audience. Brothers, if you're sitting down, I know you're very comfortable. There are quite a few spaces which, which you've left empty. 
Our Jin brothers can always join us from behind us. They don't need, they can sit on top of your heads as well. I'm being honest with you. You don't need to keep these spaces empty. If you need the pillar for your back, uh, no problem. We do that. If you don't need it, then get off the pillar. Uh, you can always get a chair and sit behind if you want, behind the audience. But I want you to fill the gaps up. Could you just do that for me? Fill the gaps up. Because the Sahaba, radiallahu anhu used to sit in a way that the, there was hardly any gaps in between. So if you fill it up, fill it up. You're going to sit there anyway. If you come a bit closer, you'll be right under the angels. So angels are going to be in the middle of the crowd. So if you're in the outskirts, unless you've got a problem because of which you need to sit away, uh, that's fine. Otherwise, come and fill in the, fill in the gaps. How long have I got? 45. So, so your adhan is at what, half past eight? Or four, so I've got 50, 50 minutes. And sisters are also listening. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, wa salatu wa salamu ala sayyidina wa nabiyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. A'udhu billahi minash shaytani r-rajim. Bismillahi ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu sta'inu bis-sabri wa-salah. Inna allaha ma'as-sabirin. وقال تعالى قد أفلح المؤمنون الذين هم في صلاتهم خاشعون وقال تعالى وإنها لكبيرة إلا على الخاشعين الذين يظنون أنهم ملاقو ربهم وأنهم إليه راجعون صدق الله العظيم my dear respected brothers and sisters, firstly, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. It's lovely to be here with you. Come so attentively and you're here. And I'm only an individual that is trying to spread a small message to you. I'm a small individual. I'm no one big. I'm no Hazrat. I'm no Allah Hazrat. I'm no bigger than Allah Hazrat. I'm just a normal person like you, trying to give you a message. If you listen attentively, then I'll be, be able to give you a message more clearly. And if you sit there, uh, if you sit here wanting to listen to some next level story, you know, our people, they sometimes they get accustomed to wanting to listen to the next story that they've never heard. So then what happens is you become people who came just to hear a story and you'll go back, you heard a story, but you won't really go back with any practice. If you sit here to want to actually do something, then you get the benefit of doing something. Do you guys understand or you don't understand? When I speak to you, you have to reply to me. If you don't reply to me, then you don't understand. I'm also talking Bengali. Do you guys understand, yes or no? See, you know, our, our, I'm talking I'm talk globally here, okay? I'm not talking locally, okay? The next example I give is globally. So I don't want anyone to give me a problem when I go through immigration, when I go through back to my country, okay? It's a global example. So this is an example about politicians in general. Okay, not, not locally, but globally. You know, politicians normally, they say things, and we get very excited, then afterwards, nothing happens, right? You know, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, nothing happens. Sometimes things happen, sometimes don't happen. So one person gave a beautiful example. He said there was a king, 
So this is your story for now. Yeah, yeah okay. There was a king, and the king, uh, had, you know, held a big, big, massive uh, party, okay? So he gave out lavish food, and he had, you know, all sorts of people come, and amongst them was a jester, amongst them was a joker, amongst them was a magician playing tricks, and amongst them came this poet. And the poet came, and the king had the opportunity to listen to this poet. This poet said, King, let me say a few words about you. So the king said, okay, go ahead. So the poet said, wonderful words. Subhanallah, you know, wonderful poetry about the king. And he praised the king. The king said to his minister, he said, hey, he said, make sure later on you give him 10,000 silver coins. So after a little while, the poet said, King, can I just say another poet in your royal majesty's favor? He said, go ahead. So when the poet said another poem, oh, the king was shaking his head. And he said, hey, give, make sure later on you give him another 10,000 silver coins. And like that all night, about three or four poetry, he said, five poetry, he said. So now he's owed 50,000 silver coins, right? So the night finished, everybody left. The poet thought, okay, later on I'll come back and get my 50,000 silver coins. So a few days passed and a few weeks passed, nothing happened. So then the poet comes back to the king, king's uh, kingdom, comes to his palace, and he says, your royal highness, I've just got one thing to say. And the king said, he said, what? He said, do you remember me? I'm the poet that sang those poems on that night, you know, and you got so, you know, you're so happy with what I said. You said, give 10,000, give 10,000, give 10,000. He said, yeah. You know, one problem is that I haven't received a single penny. So the king said, hey, listen. He said, that night what happened was that you made my ears sweet and I made your ears sweet. You guys understand? What happened is you said some poetry, you made me feel good. And I said, later on, give him 10,000 uh, silver coins. I made your ears feel good. I made you feel good. I said, we both made each other's ears sweet. But this giving and taking, I don't understand that. What's there to give and take? What, what's this 50,000? What are you talking about? There's nothing to give, nothing to take. You made my ears sweet. I made your ears sweet. Now, I can sit here. My God, you got that about the politicians, yeah? You understand, yes? Or you guys don't understand? You understand, yes? That's it. You know, you, you make yourself sweet, right? So I could sit here and become like one of those where I say something and you say, Subhanallah, Subhanallah, Allah Akbar, Takbir Allah Akbar. And I get excited and I get you excited. The whole hour goes by like that. Then once we walk by there, there's nothing, give or take. You understand? There's no point of doing that. So we're sitting here with the intention that you're going to hear something. I'm going to say something which I should act upon or which you should act upon. Now, the whole thing is about salah here, about our prayer. Now, what happens is, subhanAllah al sometimes you're looking for a solution and it's already under your nose and you don't even know about it. Have you ever been in a situation where you're looking for your keys? You're looking for your keys. Where's my keys? Where's my keys? And you're looking for your keys. So you go and look at, on, on the sofa. It's not there. On the table, it's not there. It's looking in the coat pocket. It's not there. And then you go, you say, where's my keys? Hey, Fatima, where's my keys? Because I don't know, the way you, normally when you ask the wife, where's my keys? She gives a lovely answer. She says, it's where you left them. My God. <laughs> I love that one. Where's my keys? It's where you left them. Obviously, it's where I left them. You guys understand? 
So anyway, his guy's looking, he goes in the bedroom, comes downstairs, and all that while, has this ever happened to you that the keys were either in your hands or they were in your pocket, your own pocket, and you never realized that? Has this happened or not? Or am I the only dumb person here? It's happened, right? So the solution is with you, you don't even know, you're looking everywhere else. My brothers, my sisters that are listening, the solution to a lot of our problems, every single problem you want to, you have, every problem you have, the solution is right under our nose. It's given to us, it's there, it's on our plate. It's in our hands, it's in our pocket. But what we're doing is we're searching elsewhere for solutions. So you ask anyone today, you got a problem, what do you do? You got a problem straight away, you go and talk to someone about your solution, uh, about your problem, you look for a solution. You go far and wide. Sometimes people are looking into books that are to do with therapy. Some self-motivated books, some self-therapy books. Go and we get some downloads from the internet. Go far and wide and look for anybody who's got the solution to my problem. Is there anyone who understands my problem? So you go here, you go there, you go here, you go there. And in the end, you are left tired. And what you don't realize is Allah Azza wa Jal has given us not only a beautiful religion, but He's given us a beautiful solution for all the things you need. Now, it's a solution for all the things you need. Now, you're going to say to me, you know, Sheikh, you're going a bit too far there, you know? You're going a bit too far there, you know? Because if religion gave you the solutions to all the problems, then why do you as a sheikh, and all the other imams have got problems, huh? huh? We're not stupid, huh? You guys understand what we're saying? You guys understand or you don't understand? Can you respond with me? Because I think you guys have never had anyone in a bayan ever talk to you. You guys understand? Because it's a valid point. If the imam is saying you got a solution to all the problems, then why is the imam in problem himself? Then he should use the solution to get himself out of all the problems, right? But there's a trick to this. It is a solution to all the problems, but it's the way you look at it. It's the way you look at something. Because if you say solution to all your problems means all my problems disappear, then I tell you one thing, my friend, you're, you become a Muslim, or you become a Christian, or you become a Jew, or you become an atheist, or you become a person who's a Hindu, you become a person with religion, no religion, you become a person with anything, Buddhist, whatever, you become a person who's a normal human, you become a scientist, you become anything you want. As a human being, you will never, ever, ever get rid of all your problems on this earth. Because the world's been designed like that. The brother comes up to me and says, Imam, he says, I'm looking for a wife. I said, okay, what are you looking for? He said, oh, she's got to be good, huh? She's got to be good. So, okay, tell me, describe me. So he said, oh, she's got to be... She's got to be good, she's got to look good, she's got to be beautiful, she's got to be smart, she's got to be intelligent, she's got to be bright, she's got to have the degrees, she's got to be loyal to me, she's got to be truthful, she's got to be someone who just, you know, does what I say, she's got to be one who follows the Quran, so she's got to be this, she's got to be that, she's got to be one that doesn't give me problems, she's got to be da, 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 da. By the time he's finished, I say, brother, I know where your wife is. I know who she, I know her, I can, I can tell you where she is. He said, please, Imam, sir, tell me where is she? I said, she's in Jannah. You guys understand? Any of you guys here sitting here today and all the sisters that are listening to this, if you ever start your marital relationship that my husband is the most, most perfect husband or my wife is the most Bollywood 
type of star that you can ever imagine, somebody who can never go wrong with you, you are living a lie. A lie. There is no such woman. There is no such man on the earth. If they were here, then we're in Jannah. And you know we're not in Jannah. Everything here has been created in a way that is not perfect. Allah purposefully made this. Because he said, I want you to test to see which one of you is going to come out to be the best in action. Allah has said in the Holy Quran, he said, he said I've made some of you a means of a test for others. Will you hold yourselves back? While your Lord is watching above, watching, watching you what, what you're doing. So the whole point of life is that you're going to be tested. Now, if you're going to say to me, Imam Sahib, you know, you said there's a solution to all your problems. So why don't you get rid of all your problems? I'm going to tell you how I get rid of all the problems. But it's a different way you look at it. Why? Because the person who has a problem, and everybody has got their problems, that person who's got a problem, you come, you come with different problems. Everyone's got different problems. Okay? And with our different problems... We want, all of us, we want a solution and we want our problems to go away. Allah Azza wa Jal says this. Because he knows we've got problems. He knows we have problems. He gave us the problems. He gave it on purpose. And I want to tell you one thing before you leave the masjid. If you ever come to religion because religion is going to sort out all your problems for you, it's not. Religion will give you the keys to all your problems and it's going to give you one special key. What's it going to give you? Do you have a master key? Do you have a master key for something, right? A master key. You understand a master key? What do you call it? Skeleton key? Master key? Yes? Master key. So he's going to give you keys for many doors, but he's going to give you one master key. If you, can, if you can have the master key, then you can open any door. Do you want to know what the master key is? Wait a minute. Do you know what the... I asked you a question first, right? And actually, you got the answer wrong. Do you know what the master key, do you want to know what the master key is, yes or no? Yes. Right, about 10 people said yes. La hawla wa la quwata illa billah. Do you want to know what the master key is, yes? Yes. The brothers are sitting here thinking, oh, Namsa, give me the master key, please. I want to sort out for my life. If my wife becomes better, my life is better, okay? Give me the master key. I need it, I need it right now, please. I'm going to tell you the master key. Allah Azza wa Jal says in the Holy Quran, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, O you who believe, Allah knows who we are. O you who believe, why does Allah call us with O you who believe? O you who have said the shahada, O you who have said, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. I bear witness there is, there is no other real God, there is no other deity, there is no one who can look after me, there is no one who's looked after me. There is no one who gives me sustenance. There is no one who keeps me going. Illallah, except for Allah. O oh, you who have said the shahada, la ilaha illallah. Ista'inu, if you want some help, I'll tell you how to get your help. Ista'inu bi-sabri wa-salah. If you want to get help, then you come to me for help. But you come to me with two things that you need. One is something which you have to do yourself. Another thing you have to do in front of me, and if you do all of that, then you will see a difference that will come towards you. Yeah, amanu, oh you who believe, you want to seek help, istainu, seek help. 
be sabri by showing me that you can have patience. If you have patience, then you have got a massive portion of salah. After you have patience, then you come and you offer your salah towards me. Inna Allaha ma'as-sabirin. You might have had many different problems in your life and you come to me with these many different problems but as you come I will give you solutions to some of your problems but I will never give you solutions in this earth to all your problems you will come to me and say ya Allah I make I'm making dua to you I will listen to your dua ud'uni astajib lakum your duty is to make dua to me and my duty is to decide which one of your duas to answer. Oh my servants, you have to understand that there is nothing that is deficient in my kingdom. Nothing you ever will wish for, nothing that could ever exist. But I have plenty of that with me. But I will not give it except in due portion of what I want to give and how much I want to give. يَبْسُطُ اللَّهُ الرِّزْقَ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ وَيَقْدِرُ Yes, my servants, you have come to me and you have asked me to open the doors for you and expand everything for you and expand all the different risks and all the different provisions for you. But I as Allah have decided يَبْسُطُ اللَّهُ الرِّزْقَ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ وَيَقْدِرُ I as Allah have the right to expand the risk and expand the provisions for whoever I want and I will close it for whoever I want. مَا يَفْتَحِ اللَّهُ مِنْ رَحْمَةٍ فَلَا مُمْسِكَ لَهَا Once I open my treasure doors open to you, then there is no one that can close them again. وَمَا يُمْسِكَ And once I close something, there is nobody that can release them again. This is Allah Azza wa Jal who decides what to give. وَلَوْ بَسَطَ اللَّهُ الرِّزْقَ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ وَلَوْ بَسَطَ اللَّهُ الرِّزْقَ لِعِبَادِهِ لَبَغَوْ فِي الْأَرْضِ Allah says, if I was to open all my provisions for everyone, if every human came and I answered every single person's dua, this man says that he wants to become rich, and that man says he wants to become rich, and that one says he wants to become rich, and all of them come to me and they all say they want to become rich. All of them say they want to become millionaires. All of them come to me and say they want to become billionaires. I have the power to do this. I have the power to make them all millionaires. I can make them all billionaires. But if I was to open it for them, la fil ard then all of them will continue to fight with one another and there'll be huge corruption on the earth. You guys understand? You guys understand yes or no? Respond. You understand? Now, the thing is Allah said, you come for help. Allah didn't say, come for help and he didn't say, be salati was sabr. You got to understand this. He could have said, come for the solution of your problems. Number one, you offer your salah and number two, you, two, you do sabr. No, 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 no. You don't open the Quran, you see. In fact, in two places, in Surah, this is in Surah Baqarah, uh, ayah number 150, 153, and in Surah Baqarah, ayah number 45, you'll find Allah says, Again, Allah says, seek help through, what did Allah say first? Patience first, and then salah. Now the big question is, why did Allah say patience first, and then salah? Why didn't Allah say Salah first and patience. Which one is bigger in terms of our pillars of Islam? Which one is bigger? 
Come on guys, which one is bigger? After Iman, what is it? Well, Allah should have said, Istainu bi salati wa sabr, but he didn't. He said, Istainu bi sabri wa salat. There's a big reason why. Because, oh my servants, you will come to me and you will ask me and you will have hope and I want to also give you. You want something and I want to give it to you. But, but you have a knowledge and I have a knowledge. Your knowledge is limited and I am allamul ghuyub. I have knowledge of everything of the seen and the unseen. There are certain things that you want. Asa an tuhibbu shay'an wa huwa sharrul lakum. There are certain things that you love to have, but I know it's not going to be good for you. Asa an takrahu shay'an wa huwa khayrul lakum. Sometimes you come to me and you don't ask me some for something, but I want to give it to you. You don't like it, but I know it's good for you, so I will give it to you. Because Allah says that, Inna Allah alimun hakim. Allah is the one who has knowledge of everything. Allah has also the wisdom of everything. He doesn't just have the knowledge, but he has the wisdom of knowing what to apply, when to apply. This is Allah Azza wa Jal. And that's why Allah said in the Holy Quran, Ya ladina amanu, oh you who believe because of your belief, you will come running towards me in the masjid. You will come in your houses, you will stand on your prayer mats and you want to pray to me with the hope that your du'as are going to be accepted. I am going to tell you first that before you offer your salah, I want you to have something inside you. I want you to have sabr, I want you to have patience. Because of the fact that I've already decided I'm not going to give you everything you want. Because of the fact that this is not Jannah, because of the fact that you're in the dunya and you have to be tested. Therefore, all the du'as that you're going to make to me, some of them will be answered and some of them will not be answered. For, so, for those du'as that are not answered, I am asking you and I'm telling you that you're going to need sabr for that thing. Do you understand? Do you guys understand? You come to me and you say to me, I want a son, I want a son, I want a son. And I give you daughter, I give you daughter, I give you daughter. You look at everybody else and you say, they've got sons. I went to Allah so many times, I never got sons. I had three daughters and that's all I had. I never got a son in my, in my life. But what you don't realize is on the day of judgment when you get up, your Prophet Muhammad sallallahu has said, Whosoever has three daughters and they raise them up with a good Islam and they raise them up with a good tarbiyah and a good way, then my messenger sallallahu has said, then in the return of that you will get Jannah. In the return of that you got easy entry to Jannah. Just because you have three daughters and I never gave you anything else, or maybe sometimes you might have a son with the daughters. Just because you have three daughters and you raise them in a nice way, your entry into Jannah has already been given to you here. The tickets to Jannah, going to Jannah. The others who had other things that answered, they have to have accounts to give, but you don't have any accounts. Do you guys understand? Sometimes you want something, you come to Allah, but what you got to have is before your salah, you have to have the sabr. And what the most important Allah said. Allah should have said this. Allah should have said, Inna Allah ma'al musalleen. I as Allah, I'm going to always be with the ones who offer salah to me. Allah said two ways to get his help. How many ways? Come on guys, talk to me because some of you had dinner, you've come to the masjid, I can see your eyes, you know, slightly, you know, getting red and please stay awake, yeah? So tell me, how many ways? 
Two ways. What's number one? Everybody together, please. What's number one? What's number two? Salah. What's more important out of sabr and salah? Salah is more important because it's very important, yes? And Allah should have said when he said, Inna Allah ma'a, Allah will surely be with, he should have said, I'm surely with the ones who offer thee salah. But he didn't. He said what? Inna Allah ma'a sabirin. Surely as Allah, I will always be with those who will have sabr, who will have patience. And the big question is, why Allah? Why? Why is it that salah is the second pillar of Islam? Why is it that in salah we're doing your ibadah, we're bowing down to you, we're doing ruku, we're doing everything. Yet you don't promise to be with me because I'm praying, but you promise to be with those who have patience. Why? Because of my servants, those who pr- will pray for me will be many, many people. But those who will have patience for my sake will not be that many. Those who will come and pray again, he prayed and he got what he wanted, then he left and he never came again. Will be many, many who will do that. Those who will come desperately to me and they will pray to me, they will come because they're desperate. I know them. Those of them that I give to them, once I gift it to them, they will turn away. There are many from the human beings that do that regularly. When a human being has a problem that is bothering him, that is bothering her, they come and they make dua to Allah. But when the moment comes that I give them a taste of my mercy, I take away their problems. Then he will turn away, then he will walk away, swinging his arms away from me. When I give a problem to a human being, then he comes to me and he won't make a short dua. No, no, no. He will make a lengthy dua. Muniban ilay. He puts his heart towards me. He is devoted towards me. He knows who I am and he knows that I have got the solution to his problem. Thumma ida. And when the moment comes that I gift him and I take the problem away from him, after all these days he used to come to me regularly and he used to ask me with lengthy, lengthy duas. And after I gave him what he wanted, Allah says, He even forgot, forget the problem, he even forgot the lengthy duas he made for me. He forgot about that. Allah knows that. Allah recorded in the Quran. There are going to be many who will come and pray and many who will get what they want. But amongst them, there is a group that if I give to them or I don't give to them, they are always there. Do you understand? Whether I give to them, whether I don't give to them, whether I offer them something or whether I leave them like that for days and for weeks and for months and they never got a single dua answered. But those servants, they stay with me. 
They have patience. They don't complain. They stay there in front of me. Whether it's a rainy day, whether it's a sunny day, they still remember me, who I am. Whether it's a day of richness, whether it's a day of poverty, they don't forget who I am as Allah. Whether it's a day I've given them a gift or whether it's a day I took a gift away from them. Whether it's a day of disgrace or whether it's a day that they got honored, they will never forget me. Whether it's a day they went to a wedding and everyone is partying, they will still not forget me. Whether it's a gloomy day and somebody has passed away in the family, they still don't forget me. Why? Because these are the people who stay with me no matter what happens to them. They are with me. They have one big treasure which they have. That treasure not all my servants have. That treasure is, oh Allah, you give to me, I, I will be happy. You don't give to me, I will not be sad. Oh Allah, you give to me, I will be delighted, but the day you don't give to me, I will not walk away from you. Oh Allah, you can test me to see where my love is, is my love for other things or for you. Because Allah says what? Those of the servants who come to me and they get something and they go away after they got it, what did they come for? Tell me. What did they come for? They came for problem. Allah gave them the solution and they got the solution and what happens after that day? Walk away. So they came just for the solution to their problems. They came for the driving license. They came for the baby. They came for the job offer. They came for the salaries. They came for the you know, person to be cured. They came for that. Once they got that, they went. But these are the people, whether I give something to them, whether I don't give something to them, they stay on, they hold themselves onto one another and they say they're going to stay there. Since they've made a commitment to be with me, I as Allah, I say, Surely as Allah, I am going to remain with those who will have patience who will show that they've got patience, whether I give them something or not, they are always there. So I'm going to be always there for them. Do you understand? Right? So now I'm going to give you the, the master key. What's the master key? So you got, you got many keys. One of those keys is salah. And the master key is what? What's the master key is what? Is patience, sabr. That's the master key. Most human, most human beings today have a problem in their life because they have a lack of sabr. Do you guys understand or you don't understand? You understand? Ten people said yes. Subhanallah. I think you are the most intelligent, the most bright people. May Allah bless all of you. And may Allah give guidance to the rest to understand. Say amen. Let me ask the question again. Do you guys understand what I said? Yes or no? So you got more intelligence. See, the dua already worked. Subhanallah. Brother, you said yes first time. I made a dua straight away. Then they all said yes after that dua worked immediately. Subhanallah. Most of the problems we got on this earth is because you have not got sabr. I tell you how. Husband has complained about wife. Wife has got complaints about husband. Parents complained about children, children with parents. You've got, you've got children, siblings with siblings. You've got you know, employers with employees, employees with other employees. You've got colleagues with colleagues. You've got so many different complaints, complaints, complaints. If you've got one master key, master key is to be able to master sabr. Once you've got sabr, subhanAllah, life is wonderful. Life is wonderful. 
Because what you do is, you're in a problem, but you're able to soothe yourself down. See, your problem will not go. This is what I said to you earlier. All your problems will never disappear. But what happens is the one who's got the master key, which is suffered, is no matter what problem you're in, you're always still happy with yourself. You're always able to get through life no matter how bad it gets. Why? Because the Prophet ﷺ has given us a solution. And this solution you need to take. If you want to use the master key, there's a way to use the master key. And the way to use the master key is in the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. Whosoever will look at someone who is this, well, let me tell you the first one, uh, then I'll tell you the second one. Whosoever will look at someone who's got more than them in terms of the worldly gains, who's got more than them in this life of this earth, whosoever will look at someone who's got more than them, then that person will never have true sabr. They will never be thankful. They will always have a complaint. They will always be moaning. You guys understand? You understand? Man nadara ila man asfala minhu Whosoever will look at someone who has less than them in terms of this world, who, is more, who has got less than them, who is less fortunate than them, then that person will be sabiran, that person will have patience, and that person will be grateful, that person will be thankful, that person will be able to withhold themselves. You guys understand? Now let me give you an example because I don't think you understood it properly. A man has a car and he has got a really nice 4x4 four four car. What has he got? 4x4 four four car. You don't have a 4x4. Four four. You look at his car and you say, hmm, I wish I had that. You guys understand? If you, the moment you say, hmm, I wish I had that, you're from the first category who looks at someone who's got more than them in the world, or you're from the category who looks at people who've got less than them in the world. Which one? With the first one. Will you be a person of sabr or not? Will you have complaints, yes or no? Yes, you're going to complain. You're going to get jealous. You're going to complain. You're not going to feel good about yourself. You're going to say, huh, he got four by four, huh? Four by four, huh? How he get four by four, huh? Look at his salary, look at his, look at his salary. How he get four by four? You got people like that or not? Yes? They moan, they moan. Now the day he gets a four by four, the day he gets a four by four, he's still not happy. Because he looks at another man who has got four by four with bulletproof. Which you guys need in South Africa. We don't need bulletproof cars where we are. We got, we got Brexit. We're happy. You guys, you got the four by four, but now he's looking at bulletproof. He moans about the other guy looking bulletproof. Man has a house. He looks at the other house. He's complaining. Woman looks at a curtain. She goes to another house. She comes back to her house. She complains to her husband. Our curtains are looking a bit old, nah? Nah? They're looking like they need some changing, nah? She comes home, she starts complaining. Why is she complaining? Because she's looking at people who've got more. 
If you follow the principle of always looking at people who got more than you, you will moan, you will be very miserable, you will be people who don't you know, feel good about themselves, you will always feel you've got a lack inside you. But the Prophet said the way to use the skeleton key is anything in life, you always look at people who've got less than you. You look at a man with a 4x4 four four and you've got just a normal Toyota car, what will you say? You say, Alhamdulillah, I've got a car. Alhamdulillah, I've got a car. That man has got a bicycle. You understand? That man has got a bicycle. That man doesn't have a car. You've got a house that is nice. You look at a better house, no. You look at the man who's on the streets, you're going to feel good. You look at the man who's got a smaller house, then you're going to feel good. You look at the person who's got less than you in anything, you feel good. But not good in a bad sense. Not good because you're now feeling proud, no. You wish the best for the people who got less than you, but at least you're happy with yourself. And any person you come across with who's got more than you, you say, Alhamdulillah. What do you say, brothers? What do you say? Say loudly. There should be not a single case after this about jealousy in your community, okay? Because wherever there's businessmen, you call them businessmen in your South African thing. How do you say it? Businessmen. Whatever you got businessmen, you got jealousy. More money, more business, more jealousy. Yes or no? You don't want to admit to it. <laughs> you don't have to admit to it. I'm telling you the truth. It's, gonna, it's the truth. The more money you've got around, the more jealousy you've got around. But what we need is, we need more people who look at others who've who got less than them, then you've mastered the key towards life. You'll be happy for the rest of your life. Doesn't matter where you go, where you are. Somebody passed away in your family. You will say what? You'll say, Alhamdulillah, I had my father in my life for 65 years. Alhamdulillah, that boy over there, he only had his father for 12 years in his life. Will you feel good about yourself or not? Yes? You wish the best for him and his father. You're not going to say anything bad about him and his father, but you're going to feel good. You're, you're, you know, somebody got ill in your, in your family. You're going to say in one way. You're going to say, Allah give shifa, yes. But at the same time, you're going to feel good. That all these years, Allah kept my mother without an illness. I thank Allah for that. I thank Allah for that. But that other person, at least my mother is mobile. At least my mother can get up and she can go to the toilet. That other household, I've heard about them. May Allah give them shifa to say, Amin. That's how you've got to look at the world. But their mother is immobile. She's on a wheelchair. They have to clean her. And I don't have that musibah, that level of problems in my house, so I'm going to praise Allah, make dua for me and for them as well. But at least I feel somewhat, you know, privileged because Allah has still given me good. So Allah says, yeah, amanu, O you who believe, come to me for solutions, but don't forget the master key. The master key is sabr with that. You'll be able to get through life. But what is more important than the master key? Because you can't just have the master key. You need to actually come to Allah and pray. Some people, I don't want you to walk away now and say, you know, Imam came from UK and he said, just have the master key and every problem solved, huh? Everything solved, no salah needed, huh? No salah, no, no, I'm not saying that. Salah is very important. Now, this is the second part. Salah, have prayer for me, but because when you come to me, you will find that there is a connection with me. 
You come to me, you know me, you talk to me, I talk back to you. And when we talk back to one another, you will feel calm and you will feel soothed inside you. You remember me, I remember you. You put your thoughts towards me, I put my mercy towards you. You remember me and you take my name. I remember you in front of the angels. You say, Allah, Allah. I say, Ibrahim, Ibrahim. You say, Allah, Allah. I say, Zainab, Zainab. You say, Allah, give me this solution. I will say to my angels, my servant has stood in front of me and my servant is looking for a solution from me. You take my name, I take your name. You take my name in front of others, I will take your name in front of the angels. You remember me and I will remember you. And no matter what situation I put you in, always show thanks to me and don't be ungrateful towards me. This is just before the ayah about offering the salah. This is the, this is the very important part. Why? Because salah is about remembering Allah so Allah gives something back. We've got some people who do their salah so that they can just tick off a box. They grew up because their parents said, Hey, you prayed? Hey, quickly pray. If you don't pray, you go to hellfire. Huh? Is that how you're bringing up your children? You don't pray, you go to hellfire. It is true. It's a true statement. If you don't pray, then you go to hellfire. But is that the way to introduce the salah to children? Because they're going to say, okay, I'm going to pray to make sure that this God doesn't throw me in hellfire. That's the only reason why I'm going to pray. It is a true fact. If you don't pray, then you go to hellfire. When the people of Jahannam will be asked, what brought you here? They will say, we never used to offer salah. It's a true statement. But that's not the way to give da'wah. Mm -mm. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was saying, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا مُبَشِّرًا وَنَذِيرًا O Messenger, I sent you to the people that you will give them good news first. And then you will warn them of the evil lying ahead of them. Bashira wa nadira. Give people good news, then tell them the bad news. Bashiru wa la tunafiru. Yassiru wa la tuasiru. Hadith of Bukhari. Give people good news and don't chase them away from Islam by talking about negative, negative, negative. Make it easy for people, don't make it difficult for people. Hadith of the Prophet Now you're going to tell the children to pray, this is the way to say. My child, stand in front of Allah Offer your prayer in front of Allah because when you offer your prayer in front of Allah, Allah will be there to listen to what you say to Him. My son, my daughter, when you stand in front of Allah and you offer your salah, then Allah Azza wa Jalla has kept a garden for you in the next world. 
And for each prayer that you're going to do, that garden is going to get sweeter and sweeter for you. In fact, if my son, my daughter, if you're able to offer salah with devotion, if you're able to put your heart in salah, then Allah has promised only two places in the Quran of Jannatul Firdaus. And one of those places that Allah has promised for you in the highest abode of Jannah, in the eighth grade of Jannah, in the highest place of Jannah, in the place where all the Anbiya will be, in the place where all the Sahaba will be, in the place where all of them will have houses there, and you will have a house next to them, in the place where all the four rivers of Jannah come directly from the Arsh of Allah, from the throne of Allah, they land onto Jannatul Firdaus. You guys understand? فِيهَا أَنْهَارٌ مِّمَّا إِنْ Allah says that there are rivers of Jannah that will be pure water. There are going to be rivers of pure milk that will never go off. There will be fiha anharum min There are going to be rivers that will flow in Jannah. And these rivers will be of wine that will be really delicious and tasty for those who drink them. Fiha anharum min I have kept many, many different rivers in Jannah that will flow with honey. And this honey will be something that you will never find that is unclear, no clear, crystal, clear honey for you. And all of those rivers, the river of water, the river of milk, the river of wine, and the river of honey, all of these, minha from the throne of Allah, which is the roof of Jannatul Firdaus, all of those four rivers flow straight into Jannatul Firdaus. Oh my son, oh my daughter, if you pray in front of Allah with their devoted heart, then Allah has said, Those people will inherit a portion of Jannah, only a few people will inherit. Those who will inherit Firdaus, Jannatul Firdaus, this portion of Jannah, whom fiha khalidun, and my son, my daughter, you will be there forever and forever, forever. La khawfun alayhim wa hum yahzanun. There will never be any fear for you, never be anything for you to worry about. And then you say, Ma salakakum fi sakar. Oh my son, oh my daughter, if you decide not to pray in your life, if you decide not to pray in your life, then what it means is that every day of your life, your Lord was most merciful to you. Your Lord made you wake up in the morning. Your Lord gave you life. Your Lord fed you in the morning. Your Lord made you pass your urine with ease, made you go to the toilet without any pain. Your Lord kept you alive. Your Lord made all your 300 plus bones in your body work very well. Your Lord kept away from you pain. Your Lord made you have a lovely day. Your Lord made you smile in the day. Your Lord made you intelligent. Your Lord gave you friends. Your Lord gave you power. Your Lord gave you money. Your Lord day after day started to make you stronger and stronger. Your Lord looked after you while you were sleeping. He never made your limbs stiff. Even in your sleep, your Lord turned you around, turned your body around so that you wouldn't wake up with a stiff body in the morning. 
Your Lord gave you a mother. Your Lord gave you a father. Your Lord gave you a house. Your Lord gave you a shelter. Your Lord gave you a beautiful face. Your Lord gave you people who like you. Your Lord gave you a lot of good attraction on this earth. And after spending days and days, after spending years and years where you take your gifts of your Lord, you never once stood in front of your Lord and you never said thanks to him. For that reason, my son, my daughter, when you reach your Lord and you get back to him, then he will throw you into the fire. And when you asked what made you come into hellfire, your answer will be that in the world I received all those gifts from my Lord, but I never stood in front of Allah to pray. Do you understand? When you put both of them together, the Jannah, Jahannam together, you make the Jannah first, you make it lovely, then our kids will want to pray. Do you understand? This thing about, hey, quickly pray, eh? Jahannam is coming. Ah, ah, ah. Is that the way to just continuously, you know, mentally disturb the child? That's not the way. Can I have a few more minutes extra? Is, is that going to be okay? So, uh, you're, 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 uh, who's the imam here? Imam, have you got any power here? You don't have power here. Let me ask you the first question. Before I ask you whether you give permission. You're already going red, so you have no power. The committee member is going to ask you kindly to have a few more minutes so that I can finish. Is that okay with you guys? If nobody says anything, I will carry on. I'm going to give you one. I'm going to give you two. I'm going to give you three. Done. None of you spoke. I'm going to go a few minutes over if that's okay. Allah Azzawajal says, Oh human being, you stand in front of me and you come in front of me with what? First, you don't just come in front of me. You go and clean yourself because... You have certain minor sins which, which are on you. I want to get rid of the minor sins. When a Muslim stands up and he washes his face, then all the sins that you committed with your eyes, all the sins that you minor sins you committed with your tongue, all of them are washed away with the wudu that you have just done. When a Muslim gets up and he washes his arms, then all the haram things that your hands touched, all the haram things it went towards of the minor sins, Allah will wash them away with your wudu. And when you wash your feet, then all the places you went towards sin that are minor sins, Allah will wash them. The major sins you have to do tawbah for, so they don't get washed away. Oh, you who believe when you want to come to me for prayer, then the first thing is that you do this wudu, then you come in front of me. When you come in front of me, then I want you to raise your hands and tell me who is the biggest, tell me who is the greatest, tell me who is the biggest thing you've got. Start to think to yourself that all the great things in your life, everything that you've had in your life, Every ni'mah, every blessing, everything that you've got in your life, all the gifts, all the money, all the lusts, all the desires, all the games, all the amusements, all the attractions, all the things that you've received. What is the greatest thing you have? And I want you to say this after having a good thought. You will say, you will raise your hands and you will surrender. And you will say, Allahu Akbar, oh Allah, you are greater than everything I have. Oh my servant, you will stand in front of me, you will say that. Then before you ask me for something, you will stand up and you will talk to me. So the servant stands up in front of Allah and says, Subhanakallahumma. Oh Allah, you are free from every blame that is out there. Subhanakallahumma. There might be blame here, there might be blame there. There's a deficiency here, there's a deficiency here. 
But O oh Allah, you are completely free from all blame. You are completely free from all deficiencies. You are pure 100%. You are majestic. Subhanakallahumma. Wa bihamdika. And here I am, I am praising you. Wa tabarakasmuka. Your name is so blessed. Wa ta'ala jadduka. And so high is your majesty. And there is no other Lord besides you. I seek your protection from the outcasts, shaitan. In the name of Allah, the one who has mercy on all of his servants, whether they believe in him or they don't believe in him. This is Ar-Rahman. Ar-Rahman, the one who has mercy on the one who disbelieves and has mercy on the one who believes. Ar-Rahim, the one who has specific mercy for the believers. I start in your name and the first thing that I will say after anything I want to, before anything I want to say, I want to admit something to you. Oh Allah, before I put my needs in front of you, before I ask you for something, I want to say something to you. And this I'm going to say from the bottom of my heart, oh Allah, whether I look left, whether I look right, whether I look in front of me, whether I look behind me, whether I look above me, whether I look beneath me, whether I look in my history of my life, whether I look in the presence of my life, whether I think about the future of my life, whether I think about the house of my life, whether I think about the family of my life, one thing I have to admit to you, oh Allah, oh Allah, I admit to you from the bottom of my heart. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Oh Allah, for everything I ever received in my life, for every gift I ever had in my life, for every time I have received something without ever asking you, because I know that many times I never asked you, but you still gave to me. 99.9% of my life has gone without asking you, but you still gave me. 0.1% was when I asked you and you gave me. Do you guys understand? 99.9% of my life I never asked you whether you can make me walk without slipping on the ground, but you made me do that. My feet were fine, my clothes were fine, my whole life was fine, and I never asked you for that, you gave me that. So Allah, every single, every single praise that ever is due, whether it's from me on behalf of my parents, on behalf of my family, on behalf of my friends, on behalf of my beloved ones, on behalf of all the musallis of my masjid, on behalf of all the people on the world, on behalf of every human, every jinn that has gone before, on behalf of all the creation that you've created, which you've always looked after. Rabbil Alameen. You provided every single one of them from the beginning of time till today. You continue to pray. You continue to give them. And I am seek, I'm saying to you in front of you right now that all that praise only you deserve. Alhamdulillah. Rabbil Alameen. Now you understand the beginning of Fatiha. You understand the beginning? Beginning of Fatiha is a massive ayah. It's not a small ayah. It's not just I'm, pray- I'm giving you praise for what you gave me. No. 
everything that you looked after in the whole of the creation that you created, all of the praise, whether people want to praise you, they don't want to praise you, it belongs to you. Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, Allah, you have mercy on those. You have mercy on those who, have, who, who will listen to you. You have mercy on those who don't listen to you. Oh Allah, you are specifically mercy, Ar-Rahim. On the day of judgment, you will have specific mercy. Maliki Yawmiddin, I know that I have to come back to you on the day of judgment and you are going to give me something back within, in accordance to my action, but I'm asking you, you right now please in this world and in the next world only you do I serve and only you can give me the solution and only can you give me give me the help I'm asking you put put me on that pathway the pathway that is straight the pathway that all those people who you have favored beforehand of Adam alayhi salam, of Nuh alayhi salam, of Hud alayhi salam, of, of, of Salih alayhi salam, of Ibrahim, of Ismail, of Ishaq, of Musa, of Yunus, of Dawood, of Sulaiman, of Zakariya, of Isa, of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, of all the prophets that you've sent, the pathway that you bestowed upon them. I want you to put me in the footsteps of these people. And all the other people that you love and are beloved to you, put me on the pathway of those people. Oh Allah, the people that earned your anger like Fir'aun, like Qarun. Fir'aun went away because of his power. Qarun went away because of his wealth. Qawm Shu'ayb got destroyed because of the greed of wealth. Qawm Lut because of the lust they had inside them. Qawm Ibrahim because of their forefathers. Qawm Nuh because of their stubbornness. Qawm Musa because of, their, because of them going, not, not, not listening to him and disobeying him. Oh Allah, I ask you to save me from all these different pathways and I'm asking you to put me on the straight path. Now, the person reads in front of Allah, he then reads the surah, he goes into ruku, and when he goes into ruku, then it's like, Subhana Rabbi Al-Azim. In this position where my head is low, my back is straight, my legs are upright, my head is low in front of Allah, I say, oh Allah, my Lord, my Lord, you are great, but you are absolutely pure. Nothing ever you have done wrong, nothing ever you are doing wrong, nothing ever you will ever do wrong. And I admit to that in my ruku, Sami Allahu liman hamida. The one who has praised Allah, Allah has accepted it from him. The one who has praised Allah, Allah has heard that individual. Rabbana walakal hamd. Oh my Lord, our Lord, all praise belongs to you. Allahu Akbar, you are greater than all my desires, greater than my life, greater than my death, greater than the things you've given me, greater than the things that I don't have. Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la, with my nose on the ground, with my forehead on the ground, I'm going to say to you, oh Allah, my Lord, the Most High, you have done everything, but yet you have not done anything wrong. That's what Subhana means. Subhana means you're free from every Everything anyone has ever accused you of. And I'm telling you, you have done no wrong. When me and you, my brothers and my sisters, when we learn how to offer salah like this, then you will find that the treasures will open for you. But my final thing, I know some of you are really, really do want the adhan.
had to be done and the salah to start, inshallah, I'm going to tell you, get your master key out. If anybody complains that they never got the master key. Okay, just one more minute. I'm going to finish. One moment, please. Muadvin, please. One minute. I've got a story to say. Is the Muadvin going to give the adhan? Is he? Just one minute. Let me say a story. Inshallah, you can give the adhan. A brother in Leicester, in the UK, I, I met him. This is a true story. I said to him, how are you? And he said, he's fine. Very short story, very, very powerful story. I said to him, tell me how things are. And as we're talking, he says, uh, he says, Hassan, he says, I'm okay. I said, tell me, how are you okay? How's things? He said, Hassan, anything that happens, I, I just do two rakats. And Allah gives me what I want. I said, tell me a story. He said, well, he said, the other day, he said, Hassan, he said, I raised the money to go to Hajj. It's a true story of a true individual I met in my life. I raised the money to go to Hajj and it was all prepared and ready. I went to the masjid to pray the, the Zuhr Salah and a group of people came because they were raising money for Palestine. And they told us at that time the intifad things were going on. So they appealed for the, for the people who, are, who need the money. And he said, I gave my entire hajj money because he, was, he already did his fard hajj. He had to do his nafal hajj. So because he's, it's his third or fourth nafal hajj, he thought, okay, let me give the money away. He gave this entire money away to the Palestinian project. Then he went home and he thought, I wanted to go to hajj. So what did he do? He said, Hassan, I got from Musalla and I paid two rakats to Allah. Oh Allah, I gave all my hajj money away. I still want to go to hajj. Please take me to hajj. He went to the masjid for asr. He prayed his asr. He did his salam with the imam. Imam said, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. He finished his salah. They're sitting there for zikr. The brother next to him in a suit, in a suit, just taps him. Says, assalamu alaikum. He said, wa alaikum salam to him. He says, this brother in the suit says to him, he said, brother, would you like to go to Hajj? I bought two tickets, but I'm not able to go. My wife is not able to go. I will offer you the two tickets for free. He asked from one from Allah, what did he get? What did he get? Buy one, get one free. He asked for one, he got two. So that's my thing. Thank you.